Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show as the title gives it away. And thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for listening this on a Monday. Hopefully, yeah, it'll be Monday. Uh, when we have another crazy week. I mean, what's going to happen on Raw? You know, what's SmackDown going to do? Is NXT now going to integrate itself into everything that's going on? Of course, AEW Dynamite has their big show before full gear. It is another crazy week of wrestling. And if you don't know and you've just tuned in or you've listened before, you know the deal. I was talking about this at the start. Well, firstly, I should say shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for sponsoring the podcast. You can get all your merchandise from them. But on top of that, uh, all this is made possible thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Thank you to everyone who signed up over the last few days, over the last few weeks. Even a dollar makes me doing this so much easier. And the last thing I ever wanted to happen is for the patron to like implode and then I just disappear. Well, I wouldn't disappear, but I disappear <laughs> from this. Anyway, uh, what we try and do as well, if we do do, not even try, we make sure it happens, is that we get Patreon members onto the podcast because I like to know the wrestling community. And also, you just never know what people's um, opinions and thoughts are going to be. And that's why my man Rob is back today. Rob, how is it going? How are you? Oh, it's going pretty good. And good, I have to say, there's been just crazy developments in the world of wrestling and really excellent wrestling on television since I was last on this show. Like, I'm just in a better mood about wrestling now. Dude, even, like, since I've last done this podcast. Like, if you had told me when I last (laughs) did this podcast that I was going to settle down for a lovely episode of SmackDown... And it was going to be full of NXT superstars. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. Exactly. Like I would have been like, "What are you talking about? How are we even going to get there?" But as it turned out, you know, uh, WWE getting stuck in Saudi Arabia, which I'm sure most people know. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, But we could. Lord, I mean, mean, the the headline is just is they all got stuck in Saudi Arabia, and therefore the NXT guys had to work SmackDown. But yeah, just absolutely fantastic. What a great show. I mean, it just was. was so good. It was the it was the best episode of SmackDown. Overall, I think, since I started watching wrestling. Uh, I mean, there wasn't anything on that show that quite beat, like, Daniel Bryan saying he was coming back. But, like, as a whole show? God, it was great. Oh, yeah. I thought it was was absolutely fantastic. And I thought, it's just crazy how these things work out sometimes. Because, obviously, this wasn't the plan. I'm not saying they wouldn't have done it down the line, given that Survivor Series is on the way, and they're doing NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown anyway. But the fact that this happened when it did, when NXT is also trying to find a bigger audience, I don't think it could have worked out better for for, for WWE. Now, I'm not saying it's all, it's going to work. I'm not saying now, you know, an extra 150,000, 200,000 people are going to tune in on Wednesday nights. But they're certainly now in a better position than they were beforehand. Because if you do want to... Uh, intrigue aside if you want to kind of tell the story they're looking to tell you probably have to have a few invasion angles here and there yeah. hey maybe maybe roman reigns turns up on nxt and yeah i mean say they, you- some somebody coming down to like you know teach them a lesson or something it's it writes itself and it's great and, yeah. and I, it was so surprising but like made perfect sense they you know they had triple h there they had Shawn michaels there to sort of here's what's going on and that's all you need it's, that's the thing so i think it was also a lovely reminder that the, the simple stuff is always the best stuff or at least that's how I, I i like it when we just keep story simple we don't muck around and it's it's a good storyline to kick things off because my worry with survivor series anyway 
was how the hell are we going to be able to do... Well, how the hell are we going to be able to tell a brand split storyline when we've only just done the brand split? As I now realize, with Brock Lesnar just quitting his brand and going to a new one, I should well, have known and, better. Well, and Mysterio being on SmackDown like every well, single uh, week. Yeah, and no one uh, ever thought like about they, that. They, like, they killed the brand split as soon as they even were talking about it again. Like, yeah. it wasn't quite as crazy as the wildcard rule era, if you want to call something that's just a couple months long an era, but it was obvious that it wasn't going to last. But this NXT thing is great because it's really exciting, it's new, and it's going to keep our attention away from the fact that the way that they're managing these two shows on two networks is just, like, a mess. <laughs> well, dude, let's go there, man. We're going to talk about WWE, we're going to talk about AEW, because, yeah, I mean, they've been going a good... Well, AEW's been going a good few weeks now. We've got an idea of what their product is. Uh, mm-hmm. NXT is an interesting beast because, obviously, it's established, but it's still finding a new audience, which is a very odd thing to be able to say, like, especially in 2009. You'd imagine, you know, it would be like, oh, I don't know, the good place on Netflix going, hey, we're going to put on TV. And you're like, why? <laughs> you don't, you're going backwards. But as we know, wrestling and television is just is synonymous with each other. So, I mean, you start, man. AEWWB, obviously, it's now, it's just part of our wrestling weeks, is what we expect. What do you like? What do you don't like? Who do you think, I'm not say who's doing better, but do you think one has the upper hand? Basically, what has been your take ever since these two companies have come into existence? Well, um, I guess I should I should probably come clean and say that um, until moments ago, until you know this this most recent SmackDown episode, I had recently just quit watching Raw and SmackDown and just watched your show instead. That's fine uh, by me, man. And, and, don't and, don't and worry at, about that. <laughs> looked at clips if something interesting happened, which rarely did, um, because I I felt like the main roster product has gotten pretty ragged, like. There was some hope when they brought on new executive directors, but I was cynical about it. I was like, well, Vince is still in charge. Like, he's still going to Vince it up uh, at some point. Uh, And whether it's Vince or whether it's Paul Heyman or what, like, you know, Paul Heyman's a genius, but he also has, like, some instincts toward, like, kind of uncomfortable car crash TV, I think. Yeah, that's Uh, fair. uh, But the reason I just couldn't take it anymore was, well, Raw is a television show about cuckoldry that also has <laughs> wrestling in it. Uh, that's the main storyline. That's the most consistent, like, most consistently focused upon aspect of Raw over the last several weeks uh, has been, you know, dudes banging other dudes' wives. Like, that's what the show's actually about. And I was just so bored and, like, embarrassed on behalf of the performers who are being made to, you know, go out and do this stuff. Uh, and SmackDown is a show about the fact that it is on the Fox network. <laughs> that is that is a very good point. Like, they... that's what the show's about. Like, you get these, as many mainstream sports stars, uh, Fox sports newscasters who obviously don't know shit about fuck when it comes to wrestling. Uh, like, it just, it was all pageantry and, like, no substance. And it didn't seem to be aimed at wrestling fans at all. Like... It's just like there is some wrestling, but look at look at us. We're on Fox. That that was like the whole show uh, for a while there, and so it was just really disheartening. But then this NXT thing happened, uh, so I'm gonna be watching again for a while to see how that goes. Well, that and the uh, my God, they made a good Bray Wyatt booking decision somehow in Saudi Arabia, which is like 
unbelievable. Well, it's genuinely um, surprising, right? Because not it, only did they do the thing that nobody expected them to do, but they did it during shows that have become known as glorified house shows. So they threw the and, whole book out the window. <laughs> and they did write, at least temporarily, by Bray Wyatt, who, like, it's their hobby to screw him. So, uh... That was really interesting. I was just watching live reactions for that because, like, I've, like, zero interest in watching, you know, the Blood Money shows. Uh, but I was shocked to hear that. So I went back and watched that part. I was like, wow, they actually did it. Like, it took them making the most unpopular match in, like, recent history to learn their lesson. But I guess they finally did. That was my point about it as well. Like, I am not saying that you should ever get yourself into these positions to begin with. But at least they realized it this time you know like that's oh, not yeah. always that's not always something that happens and i mean it all depends on what they do now i've got this horrible feeling that seth Rollins is going to win it back in a month i oh, know it's obviously brock lesnar's going to roll my point being is that you know bray won't well yeah that was what gave me hope to hold it. that was what gave me hope was the seemingly they're moving you know the other belt back to raw uh which god i hope for seth rollins's sake as much or more than anyone else's that they're not having him go anywhere near Bray Wyatt for a long time. I mean, the feud is done for me. And the fact that we can explain it off just by saying they're on different brands, even though obviously it makes no sense now, is good. Because that way, I mean, Seth, no one can jump ahead, but Seth has, you know, tweeted out earlier he's going to do a State of the Union address or whatever on Raw later. So hopefully that, you know, influences his next direction. But we know it's not going to be going after the, any kind of championship because, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio is that program. And hey, I'm yeah. all about that. I can't believe that it actually has gone this far with those two. I just thought it was an angle. And it's probably oh, yeah. because Cain Velasquez has got injured. But I don't know, man, if you had ever told me we were going to get Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio in a feud, I'd be like, I do not believe it. I do not yeah. believe it. And no, it's, I, it's actually pretty exciting. Like, I'm going to be very happy to see it. Oh, me too, man. I think it's... Uh, again, it's just something that I'm so not ready for that the fact that they've actually gone ahead and done, I'm still waiting for them to, to tell me what the, you know, what, what's the twist? How much do I have to pay to actually, actually get this? And, you know, I mean, logically, the storyline should be, unless you love seeing Brock Lesnar beat up Rey Mysterio's kid, that Rey Mysterio gets his revenge. And I cannot see any kind of a world, and I hope I'm wrong again. I mean, keep proving me wrong, WWE. I like to be proven wrong at Crown Jewel. I'm happy to be proven wrong again. But yeah, to me, if you're going to tell that story satisfyingly, Rey Mysterio wins the WWE title from Brock Lesnar. Sure does but, seem that way, doesn't it? <laughs> but I, I, don't, I, don't, I know what happened the first time we tried to give Rey Mysterio the title, and it was like pulling teeth. You know, all those stories are out there. So, But if that does, you know, if we enter a, a WWE... Well, I mean, it's it's kind of unfair for me to jump on it at this point, but if we are going to enter a WWE world where Brock Lesnar's feuding with Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio wins, uh, they're they're making up for the mistakes by you know Bray Wyatt being the champion, which is all we what we all wanted, and having these hot shot shows where NXT dominates SmackDown and it's really good, then to me these are some of the changes that I expect WWE to make, and then hopefully we are heading off into a new territory. Oh sure, I mean, I mean the 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 issue is do they recognize that these things that they are doing out of desperation are getting a better reaction uh, and that's, that's the key, always yeah. you know that's always the problem is being out of touch with the fans uh but you know they have done a series of things that i think most people are quite happy about which is interesting and new for <laughs> the main roster product recently uh i want to talk a little more detail about that nxt invasion show uh and what i think is going on with it um it seems like if you just are like, hey, do a, do a show right now. You have like three hours, right? 
um, Vince does have an instinct of what the fans will like and what will put on a good show and satisfy people because he did it. Like I was shocked to hear that he was there and he and Kevin Dunn were both there doing the show. Right. Like I saw this and I was like, good job, triple H clearly Vince is still in Saudi Arabia. But then it came out that no, like they left early and they were there, they were doing it. That was, that was a Vince McMahon show. Um, which is crazy to think about, but my theory now is that if he is given enough time, Vince McMahon will simply over-egg the pudding into oblivion, where, in this metaphor, the eggs are shit that only he likes, and no one else wants to see. Yeah, there's that... Uh, Like, weird alien robot promos, and, you know constantly berating everyone on commentary say exactly this at exactly this time uh you know the catchphrase salad uh constant disqualifications baby faces being stupid geeks with no friends um but i think i think it takes him a second to get that he's like that's that garbage is what he gets when he has time to build his masterpiece like the thing that is perfectly to his taste and it's just not to anyone else's taste. But if he doesn't have any time, like, he does understand, like, the basics of what would make a show good. And so here you have it. When he gets against the wall, they put on a good show. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, you can't argue that. And like you said, people have always said that even Bruce Pritchard on his podcast has said that sometimes, you know, booking for or being a writer in WWE is like, you know, playing to an audience of one. Yeah. So when your back is against the wall and you're never going to think that, that logically because nobody does and you kind of just can we can do this and we can do that and we've got limited rosters. I'm just hoping it serves again, like I say, like it serves as a wake up call. Uh, it didn't affect the rating. And again, you can argue, well, who no people tuned in out of the intrigue point of view. But it's not necessarily about making sure you use Champa or Adam Cole or you know Rhea Ripley or whatever. You should try and integrate them because it's part of the narrative. But it's about doing this kind of interesting, fresh, original, unique booking with the stars you already do have. Like, you know, the original plan for SmackDown before that happened was Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. I don't mind Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns, but I've seen it. I know how that goes. And that's the issue I have with it, is that come up with some new ways to get me interested other than, well, we've done this before, so we'll do it again. That's my big thing. And to me, it was even less... Well, okay, equal parts, I suppose, because it was really spectacular seeing all the NXT folks... uh, you know show up but just as important to my enjoyment of the show was that it wasn't catchphrase salad and it wasn't like people obviously sweating bullets trying to remember the exact words of their promo which aren't good words in the first place and you know commentary just ruining every match uh by like Sometimes commentary, I swear to God, it gets to the point in the main roster where the commentary makes it so that you're watching a WWE show, but what you're watching is a commercial for further WWE shows. Like, it's Mm. just all marketing shit. Like, they're not talking about the match. They're not even doing weird Mauro Ronaldo like, backstory and pop culture (laughs) references things. They're just like... Here are catchphrases about the upcoming pay-per-view. And since we have a pay-per-view every two weeks now, uh, it, it just, it they didn't do that. They just talked about what was going on. 
between the characters and and in the matches and stuff. And so commentary was so much less annoying mm, than I, it yeah. usually was. I, I think as well because again, you are fighting off a. Well, you won't be fighting off a script at that point, will you? Because there is no script. That is basically just like a few markings on a piece of paper. And that's yep. the thing. I think, again, we're going to talk about AEW in a second, but I think that's kind of what AEW has served as a good reminder of, is that you can, you know, you, you, you don't have to script things, basically. I mean, you have to yeah. have an idea of where you're going and what you're doing. And I know so many people go, oh, this is New Japan does. I know, I'm not going into that. But as long as you know where you're going, you can let these people you know, swing or swim almost, and it will be okay. And it doesn't yeah. actually matter if they screw up as long as you then put in the tools and whatever you need to to ensure they don't they don't screw up again. Yeah, you, you and- help them out to bring their skills up and stuff like that. And generally speaking, you try to figure out who's going to sink and who's going to swim and put the people who swim on camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. And then the rest, if you need to manage them, you still want to push them. That's, that's what you do too. So... I, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's one of the reasons I enjoy AEW Dynamite is that I don't really know what people are going to say. Like during that yeah. contract signing a week ago, it was just a nor. I said there's an ups and downs. It was just a normal contract signing. But because slowly but surely they've told me, yeah, but you don't actually know what we'll talk about. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I don't know what you're going to do. And that's all I really ask is yeah. to I, I definitely agree with you about the wwe thing i think i probably still enjoyed raw and smackdown more the most but we have got to a point and again you know it's a joke that i made but it's true stuff does just happen and you're just supposed oh, yeah. to go okay and then next week some more stuff will happen but it won't connect to the other stuff that just happens and that's when you realize well you know from a a, a, a literal point it is an episodic weekly tv show it's not at all from the feel of it because if you were even if you want to turn the clock back to seinfeld or friends or mash you know they had coherent storylines that went week to week ww doesn't have that you watch one show that's contained on a monday or a friday and then you get to the next show and it's a completely different show that's contained in that monday or a friday and there's nothing wrong with doing that i just don't think it works when it comes to wrestling and right yeah. now we have another product that is doing the opposite of that and like i say tonight there's a tag match all I can remember, I think it's Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on Kenny Omega and somebody. Uh, who did Sammy Guevara fight last week? It must be whoever that was. I can't remember who it was. My brain is failing me. But oh, um, God. I'll... Maybe, it's, maybe it's Dustin Rhodes. I don't know. But uh, it wasn't at all. But, you know, the fact that there is even something simple as that. We've got two feuds coming up. We're going in that direction. Okay, I feel rewarded for watching seven days ago. And I think that is important, especially if you're a new fan as well. I don't know what you would make of it. Yeah, um, it it just, the production is obviously a bit different, but I honestly think if you want to drill down into the core, uh, the two things that are the most distinctive and the most important about how AEW runs its TV is one, you don't have the scripted promos and you don't have scripted commentary, and two, wins and losses, man, like... That has so many far-reaching effects that wins and losses matter and that they put that record up on the screen when they introduce the wrestler. It's so good. Honestly, it builds stories better than mid-card belts do. It builds stories better than the way that WWE runs most of its feuds. Like, you can just... Okay, for example, right? You have Hikaru Shida coming back um, for the first time to AEW television, and you're introducing Shanna to the women's division in AEW, and they're just having a fight. In WWE, we'd be conditioned to be like, oh, well, that sucks. They're just having a fight. Like, there's nothing 
there's no reason for them to be having this fight. There's no story. In AEW, there is a story. They want wins. They, they want to be the champion. Yeah. You can, just put, you can just put people in a match, and it makes sense because there is a result. Like, winning the match is actually important. Whereas in WWE, you know people are just going to get 50-50 into oblivion. So unless there is a storyline on top of it being a competition, you know it just doesn't matter at all. But it just completely does in AEW. Like, any match matters. Yeah, or at least it can matter. I think that's the point. Like, as people go, it's a cop-out, it's a cop-out. And I kind of see where you're coming from. But if someone does go, well, why did you do this? The fact that the rules you've introduced are because this person wanted to get a championship match. And the way to do that is to hit this person who was, you know, some people go, oh, that doesn't work when it comes to pro wrestling. But I mean, it does because, again, because you can do things like that and you can make it obvious. That's why I was a huge fan. And I know it's nothing new. And I know, you know, there's a lot of uh, nods to the past when it comes to AEW. Again, I got no problem with that. I'm an old school wrestling fan. You want to bring it back? Great. (laughs) But the fact that, you know, Cody versus Jericho is going to have an hour time limit. And yeah. if it goes if it goes the hour time limit, the, you know three judges they're bringing in will decide uh, who won the match. People go, oh, it's rubbish. They're putting it straw. It's like, no, it's not about that. It's about conditioning you that if it was to go an hour, well, we have a way out of that, and we're not going to give you a draw. Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes is not going to go an hour. I mean, You'd expect do. not. <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't think I don't think they're that stupid, right? That'd be a really stupid thing to do. And so far, they've given me no reason to suggest that I think they're they're dumb. I think they're very aware uh, of what the audience wants, and therefore. All it means is it's just a way for them to go, well, at one point we are going to want to do that. So as this is potentially our first mega feud when it comes to the world title, let's introduce it so people know, okay, cool. That's the same with the time. Yeah, Yeah. that's the same with the time limit draws they've been doing. The one thing I cannot get over at the moment, I don't know why. You think I've been doing this long enough now. The one (laughs) thing I can't get over is people like, well, if WWE did that, Miller, you'd be enraged. I'm like, yes, because WWE's been around since like 1482. And yeah, all right. wrestling is brand new, so they have to. They have to. They, they are hamstrung. They have to do some, you know, tutorial stuff at the beginning to teach their audience this is what we're going to do. Because, like it or not, WWE's dominated for twenty years, and you get a certain expectation when it comes to wrestling. That oh, sure. Well, they, and they have haven't to undo. done. They haven't done time limit draws. No, just, exactly. WWE doesn't do it. Like, if they just suddenly introduced it with no reason behind it. Of course, people would be a little bit sour on that. But, like, look at New Japan. They've been doing time limit draws for time immemorial, and no one's mad at them about it. No. Because that's that's what the structure of that show is. Yeah, and you know that's a thing. It's why. It's one of the reasons why, as bad as it was, WWE is able to get away with these awful Hell in a Cell finishes because they taught you that it could happen. You know, even though they've told you when it won't happen, you know that it will because oh, yeah. you've seen it with your eyes. So you just go, eh, it happened. Well, there's you know. a reason like every person on the internet previous to Crown Jewel was saying like, okay, so the stipulation is that this match can't be stopped for any reason. So I assume it's a DQ or a double count out. Yeah, like, there's a reason yeah. that people were having that reaction. Yeah, because you're conditioned to it. You are conditioned to it. And that is, you know, if you want to talk about pros and cons, that is a con that AEW has right now. They are going to have to do some pretty duh stuff to let people know this is our product. I don't mind it because I treat it like a brand yeah. new wrestling show. But I understand it was very condescending. Yes, they have to be condescending because we don't know what the what the rules are. Like, you know, something that does seem to be... Um, 
a direction they're going in is that, you know, five minutes into a, a six-man tag, rules go out the window. Now, <laughs> Yeah, there is, so- there is some trouble with some of the refs not being able to maintain any control. And, like, I don't know if that's going to be something that they meaningfully address in the story or if it's just like, eh, like, you're going to have to get used to this. I'm not that, sure. That's right. And we will find out. But again, if they do do that, you'll be well within your rights to, to say, well, I don't like that. It, it takes me out of it. That's cool. But you can't make that decision after five weeks. And that's my point. Like, you really, oh, really, sure. really, really can't. We, they are going all guns are blazing at the moment because they can and because they have to. And it won't really be till 2020 until it all settles down. But saying that, man, it certainly sounds like they have stuck their claws into you and that you're, you know, you're quite the fan of what oh, they're doing. Oh, yeah. I, I really do like what they're doing. And again, I do think wins and losses and that record showing up is super important. Because, like, just again, imagine when you have a feud that's not for a belt and not with a big angle in wwe which let's face it that is roughly half the matches more than half on a bad day on a regular show um it just doesn't matter like they're they're probably gonna 50 50 it doesn't lead anywhere and those matches may as well just vanish once the show's off the air and not exist uh case in point you know you've got lacey evans and natalia uh trying to murder each other and then being friends the next week and then uh then going to saudi arabia and having having a match uh it just it doesn't matter what happens on a match unless it's part of a championship feud or like a huge storyline whereas in AEW, that loss or that win is on their record forever so like everything matters uh losses hurt worse uh and that's great (laughs) for the tension uh what a sport isn't it absolutely yeah everyone cares about if their team's winning or not you know, uh, and that should be true in wrestling, too, because that is a bit of drama and a bit of engagement that you can just get for free by putting a graphic with their record up. That's all I, it takes. It costs zero dollars. And you get great reactions, too, because, you, you know, we can't help it these days. All it takes is for, you know, favorite wrestler A to lose to not favorite wrestler B. And oh, like, yeah. well, that's not that. Why did you do that? And that's what people do with sports, right? Like, you know, over here in England, the Premier League is massive. And I can't think of any surprise victories this weekend. But, you know, when it does happen, people can't believe it. And all that's happened is we've got a score. Like, you, yeah. you, may, have, you may have some drama within the game itself. But, you know, that, that's the cool thing about wrestling is, that, like you said already, you can create that narrative straight away. But then because wrestling is this amazing thing, you can build more narrative in because you can tell whatever story you want. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you can actually build storytelling beats that are interesting and unique out of the wins and losses mattering. Some of the stuff they've done with Kenny and Moxley and Pac, you just wouldn't get without the win-loss record. Yeah, uh, totally. Like, when, when, when Pac got fucking mad at Moxley for thinking about introducing weapons into their tag match and just ripped the thing away from him. <laughs> Cut his hand pretty bad, actually. But, uh, like, it's like, no, I, you, you, <laughs> you asshole. I want to win. I want wins on my record. You're going to get us disqualified, you moron. And then they <laughs> feud briefly. It's perfect. It's perfectly motivated for the characters. Pat cares about wins. He has an awesome win-loss record. He's mad that he's not getting title shots. He has to keep getting wins so he can keep making his case. And so you've got two heels who end up feuding, although Moxley's really more of a tweener at this point. Like, you can't get the reactions that he does and be a complete heel. Uh, But... Uh, that was an. I was so refreshed by that. I was like, "Yes, he would actually care about that," <laughs> and and they did it. They 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 followed through 
on that. Uh, and like now Moxley's upset, even though it's a lights out match because he wants his win over Kenny to count. He wants to make a statement and he feels like they're erasing the statement that he's trying to make. Yeah. And, and there you, just, you go, right? All, that's, that, all of that rich storytelling is completely dependent on wins and losses. Yeah. And I want to uh, put it as well, because I know what people in the comments say. Like, I don't want WWE to start doing this verbatim. I want them to do their own their, their own way of doing it. Like, I don't just want them to go, oh, now all of a sudden wins and masses, you know, losses don't matter over here. I do think they need oh, to sure. address that balance. It's gone way too far the other way. But I certainly, you know, I certainly think to... Um, they need to just you know we've already talked about it like i because anytime we have this conversation like, oh you just want no i don't i want new japan to be new japan i want aw to be aw and i want wwe to be wwe because we can't say that wwe is bad right now you know the last three days they put on one of their best shows for years <laughs> so they yeah. can do it like they can do it it's not like they, they, they've lost their touch what about the nxt component tying into to aew as well oh I mean, my uh well so here's the positivity corner for the podcast do it my man when Wednesday fucking rules now, Simon. Mm. It does. It's, it's so good. <laughs> and I actually, th- I can't. I think it was Chris Jericho that said it, and I think he's a hundred percent right. It's actually been a stroke of genius by Vince McMahon because now all we're talking about is NXT versus AEW as a as aside from Raw or SmackDown versus AEW. Like nobody yeah. is having that conversation. And if that is the reason that he done it, like I don't think he did it sacrificial lamb style. I think we all know well enough from the stories that Vince McMahon, fair play to him, believes in his product and he believes oh, yeah. that he's always going to win. But it doesn't matter. The fallout from it has been that it's not WWE versus. Is AEW. It's NXT versus AEW. And yeah, AEW it's a very beneficial NXT. narrative for them. Yeah, oh, of course it is. Of course, because I couldn't understand why they were doing it. I was like, you only lose in this scenario. You're WWE. You're the big dogs. You know, pun intended. It's like, <laughs> and you know, to to now, uh, I, I look. I, I think NXT will do better. I think NXT on Wednesday could probably maybe do better than them because I I love AEW. I love the show. It's very easy to watch. But you're damn right I want to see who's going to turn up on NXT this week. Like right, it's, right. it's absolutely got me. And I don't necessarily you know the first few shows I do feel like blockbuster shows. And then when they kind of went back into more NXT shows, I was like, I don't think these are as entertaining as what AEW, but I do think the wrestling is well the wrestling is good everywhere. But if someone said you have to say you have to rank them, I would say well yes the wrestling on NXT is probably the best wrestling from you know what we're being offered that you can get but all around you can watch nxt and it flies by and you can watch AEW and it flies by and the best part for me is they do not feel like each other and i you know that that is just refreshing to say the least yeah i think that they were going you know a little going for broke right at the beginning like kind of putting on like takeover like shows and really like spending every resource they had uh very frantically right at the beginning but I feel like, actually, since they calmed down a little bit, realizing that they weren't going to be able to just kill AEW in a couple of weeks, uh, I've really enjoyed the new normal that they've settled down into since then. I think that there's a lot of good stuff going on in NXT. I think that they've done a fantastic job involving uh, William Regal to the exact right degree without yeah, making the, the authority figure yeah, annoying. I'm, I'm, I'm happy every time I see him. Yeah. Like I'm I'm in, what is he going to say? Like how is he going to stick it to the heels? Like it's great. Yeah. He's he's like he's like what's old is new again. And we've yeah. always done that in wrestling and we stopped doing it for a while. Uh and so I, I do think that they've really uh they've stepped up, you know, with the competition that they have. Uh they they're not complacent. They're coming up with stuff. Uh not just with the SmackDown thing, but just within their own shows. Um cuz I feel like 
NXT had gone into a little bit of a lull. Like, I mean, they're still doing amazing wrestling. You know, they're still doing amazing shows. But, like, it lost a bit of its vitality uh, once the Gargano-Champa feud was kind of prematurely over. And being brutally honest a little before that, because the weird heel heel turn for Johnny Gargano was very interesting, but it, like, left that feud feeling a little weird. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Again, it's one of those moments where I kind of respect them for trying, but the execution wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. Well, yeah, I think I think that decision made it so, like, okay, this is not, like, an awesome, simple, but very personal and intense story of a good guy versus a bad guy. It's something much more complicated that's going to take a huge amount of time to pay off. And then, of course, Champa got hurt. Yeah, um, which is just one of those so, things, right? Uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not dissing them for, for trying it or whatever, but, like, I do think that, you know, you kind of got a story into its second act there and then had to stop it. Uh, and I don't think that they had something quite to replace that intensity for a while after that, but I feel like now they kind of have. Uh, they've got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, they do. And I gotta say, I mean, God... I I probably like AEW better than NXT overall a little bit, just a bit, but honestly if I had to pick like one division, right, to watch matches from and stories from, uh let's say like okay, from now on until the middle of next year, like your next summer, you only get to watch one division of wrestling on TV in the West. I'd be like, okay, it's the NXT Women's Division. Interesting, man. Well, I wasn't ready for that. Hit me um, up with it, dude. I mean, I do think Shayna Baszler is the greatest person ever, but yeah, you it, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just I, it's interesting because I I could see a lot of people being like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired of Shayna Baszler. She wins all the time. She's been champion forever and ever. I'm so tired of it." But like, not only is she legit as hell now, um, and I remember watching her when she seemed a little green in the ring, and like pff, that seems like a distant memory now, right? <laughs> but What's happened is so interesting. So many people have come so close to beating her that the division is just full of credible threats now. Just stuffed full of people who kick ass. Yeah, exactly. And and Uh, (laughs) the cool thing is they have to kick ass because if they don't, they're not as good as Shayna Baszler. And there's so many awesome people scrambling for another shot at the champ. And it's so refreshing and so exciting. Uh... Between, you know, Bianca and Candace and Io and uh, Mia Yim, uh, you had so much awesome stuff going on. And then they brought Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox and talk about like an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, uh, Rhea Ripley especially. I was talking to someone God. about this the other day. I don't know what it is. They're She's just a fucking so in- star. There's just yeah, something interesting I- about it. She's just interesting. Just an interesting character. That's it. That's all I've got. It's like when she comes on screen, I'm like, I want to know what you're going to do. Well, and like, there's, you know, there's simply something to be said for someone who, when they come on screen, you're like, oh, yeah, that person's going to kick someone's ass. Yeah. And that's what you think, right? All the and time. Like, and and that's honestly the person since Shayna Baszler in that division who's come in who I'm like, yeah, she just beat the shit out of anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, dude, I because the thing with Shayna Baszler is, and I understand people getting bored, yada, yada, yada. I understand we're living in a different time. But the cool thing to me about Shayna Baszler, this doesn't go for her. This goes for anybody. The longer you hold the title, the more it means when you lose it. And we never oh, yeah. get that in wrestling anymore. Like we really well, uh, look at look at Pete Dunne and AJ Styles. They did great with those. 
Yeah, they did. And it just makes it so much more fascinating. Well, who is going to take this title off of them? And when they do, if you do it right, and I know sometimes they don't, but again, as you've probably worked out from this podcast, I'm a big proponent of just trying stuff. If you do it right, you've then made somebody else. And let's say that we had thrown that women's title around to, you know, all and sundry. Would it be in a better situation? I don't think so. Hell no, dude. It's an issue of like what fans want versus what they need. Yeah, Uh, that's it. Like maybe you're you're meant to hate Shayna Baszler. Well, you are. Yeah, you know, that's half yeah, the point. Yeah, so she's the great way to, she's, she's yeah, awful. <laughs> yeah, and the great way to do that is to have you know she's got this you know almost oh, I can't even think of the right word, but this hold over her title. She refuses to let it go. She'll win by any means necessary. You know we've heard it all before, but that doesn't stop it from being in my mind anyway. It doesn't stop it from being awesome. Well, and, and it's more legit when it actually happens. Yeah, when she actually does win and win and win and win. The fact that she's willing to go to those depths. The fact that she's so vicious actually matters because it translates into her not losing the belt yeah i mean totally absolutely like it's uh i i'm a big fan of her i think io shirai is one of the best workers they have period forget gender. i think yeah io shirai is probably like my favorite women's wrestler in oh. any company and probably in my like top five of like any wrestler at all yeah no, uh, she's, she's, just she's absolutely brilliant um but yeah i, I think the nxt women's division rules uh you know gun to my head that's probably the one but like the the men's singles division in AEW is unbelievable too like well that when it comes to their women's division i noticed this the other week they're building it right they, they oh god i was so happy about that because that was ob- the obvious weakness for AEW. yeah uh, at least like, on tv was like the women's division like they have good people but boy they don't have that many do they like also, it it's, seems it's, really shallow there's no direction uh, either it just kind of happens yeah. at the moment and then in two weeks' time, they bring in Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, and Shanna, who all just put on awesome matches. Yeah, they did. And I, I can't I get so mad. I don't get so mad. I'm, you're 100% allowed your opinion. And man, I promote it all the time. And you never let anyone ever tell you otherwise. It doesn't mean that sometimes people say things. I'm not like, I don't get it. Everyone was just like ragging on Shanna. I was like, what are you talking about? She had one match. Yeah, and it one match. What what, what are we talking about? She did an awesome job in her one match. Like, it was a good match. But the thing with me is that even if you didn't think it was a good match, which is fine, everyone's got a different opinion, it wasn't bad. Like, it was fine. The worst you could call it was fine. And it was like, oh, and also the thing with that whole division at the moment is that they are building it. There's not that many stories. You're right, there does need to be more, and feuds are kind of coming and going. But again, it's a work in progress, which is why they are allowed to get away with it for now. If we get towards December, January, and you still feel like that, well, you can start going. Yeah, that I I completely agree. Yeah, um, d- but it's clear that someone at the top or everyone at the top saw that their women's division needed work because otherwise, why would you be bringing in this volume of new, really talented talent and putting them on TV? Yeah, no, that's, you're totally that's right. why they're yeah. like, yeah, we need we need some more, you know, more workers in the women's division we need more people to build feuds with we need more people to put on good matches and they did it they just they saw what was wrong with their product and they immediately addressed it nice which is something that we are not trained to expect as viewers of main roster wwe i do at this point as well as this isn't uh, you know saying that all wwe is crap and all AEW is amazing like that's not that's not the point of this at all. It's just got to that point now where we are a few weeks in. We kind of, uh, you know, we have a better idea of, of who is going to be doing what when it comes well, to I mean, their if, shows. Well, I mean, if anything, we've been proven with their back against the wall with the, like, 
horrific, gruesome booking of Seth Rollins into like the most hateable person in wrestling and then not having your talent in the right country. Like they've been doing some great stuff on the main roster. And so I think what really has been proven is that with the team that they have to do production, with the talent they have, with the writers they have, every WWE main roster show begins life as potentially something really awesome, but given enough time, Vince will ruin it. <laughs> uh, like, if he's given enough time to build his little house of cards of stuff that only he likes, like, we'll just get more of the same crap we're used to. But, like, they can put on a good show anytime they want. Um... And, like, it is, no, it's not an excuse. Like, it's not acceptable that they often choose not to. Uh, but that's, you know, having an out-of-touch, uh, you know, billionaire in his 70s being in charge of everything. Like, what the hell do you expect? But, you know, there, it is always possible that when people have a great reaction to great things that they do, that some of that will get adopted into sort of, like, the WWE booking orthodoxy. And that's what we can hope for, is that they that they look at people being happy and are like, oh, maybe we should do more of this. Man, if they get there, I don't care how they get there. Do you know what I mean? That's no what kidding. I look like. Just, just get there. That's all, that's all I care about. I'm trying to find... They released their always a joy to read Raw preview that sounds like it got written by someone that's never watched WWE in their life. And I can't find it for me for the life of me. So just in general, man, what do you expect to see on Raw tonight? I mean, do you expect an NXT evasion? I understand that we may not be able to do that because of the European tour. I understand logistics. That's fine. You can't help yeah, that. You know, um, but I mean, what would you, given what you saw on SmackDown and the kind of buzz that it did create, and I, I think they leave for the tour after Raw. You have to get me wrong. I don't 100% know the, the, their schedules. But what would you... Yeah, what would you? What is going to make you? I get. I know the three hours is always a problem, but in terms of sitting down to watch it, what is going to make you go? You know what? WWE's onto something at the moment, or at least I'm intrigued more so than I was so, intrigued. Where you said like you're not even watching it at yeah, the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I would love to see is Triple H, perhaps also with HBK with him, uh, being asked to answer for what happened on on SmackDown, like. Hey, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, your your talent came and kicked the shit out of all our talent and made us look bad. What's wrong with you? Uh, and have that sort of play out as almost a, uh, like, putting him on trial a bit. Um, and eventually having that, as all wrestling stories do, come to blows between various people. And, oh, it looks like, oh, it looks like... Uh, Triple H may have brought some backup with him in the form of, like, Adam Cole and <laughs> various other people uh, and just intensify the enmity between the brands because we're doing Survivor Series. So do it. Do Survivor Series. Have these shows hate each other. Yeah. That's, and also, if you do do that, I will. I didn't think they could do anything that would give them a free pass when it came to breaking the brand split so quickly. But it was NXT. I didn't expect them to yeah, throw NXT exactly. into that mix. And that does. Look, I'll give you credit. Also, I don't care about the brand split. I'm bored of it. I just am. So that's bad on me. That's apathy. And you should never let apathy control your decisions because it's not right. It means you give people a free right, pass right. and they don't deserve a free pass. But, you know, off one show and with the addition of NXT, I'm 100% more interested in what you're oh, going sure. to do with it. Well, and that's and, all and that we, matters. Yeah, we strongly strongly established on friday that nxt is a lawless brand it's a brand full of outlaws like they're just gonna like show up and do whatever the hell they want like they're kind of the uh anti-establishment 
uh, fiery upstart folks. So like, sure, invade Raw. Do it. Like, <laughs> maybe frame it a different way, as I suggested, or, or like a better idea. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a WWE writer. They can come up with something. But like, you know, just, just keep increasing that heat between the brands and make Survivor Series feel like it matters. It has not felt like it mattered ever since I started watching wrestling. And it does this year. I care about seeing these brands fight each other. Yeah, exactly. And that's and th- that's the key, right? That's the thing I didn't believe. I was like, I don't know how you're going to get me to care. But if you do get me to care, then you win. And I'm happy. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even mind that I was wrong. In fact, I'm happy that I was. More power to me. Um, and that's why I, I think, you know what? Logistics, you know, taking logistics in, if they can't do some kind of invasion because of that, all I ask is that we we reference it, we talk about it, yeah. and, and there's hints about what's next. That's all I care about. All sure I, need to, I just need the story to continue in a way that you're able to do it. Because I do think sometimes people are like, oh, we didn't do that. And it's like, yeah, but we couldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to accept that as well. And whatever That's this Seth Rollins make thing or break. is, oh, it is. God. But it, I hate that needs, because you don't want to get to the point where you're like, well, the NXT thing was good. The Seth Rollins thing wasn't very good. I think, hopefully, whatever they've seen over the last however long they are like right we're going to because as we've already said Seth Rollins can't go over after the universal title he can't it's on the other brand there's no reason for him to do it so now where's he going to go what's he going to do make me interested in that you don't even have to give me a specific answer later just come up with something I'm like oh well that's not very Seth Rollins-esque I don't mind anything's fine anything just do it yeah yeah so the mention of Seth Rollins uh so ends the positivity section of the podcast by the way uh well dude give it to me I've got I have Seth Rollins t-shirts Simon that I'm ashamed to wear now. <laughs> it's all right, dude. They sit in the bottom of the drawer and they don't get worn. <laughs> because, like, okay, we have to acknowledge up front, the bad booking is not his fault. And he has been ill-used by the company. I feel fucking sorry for him. Like, it's bad. But... It also has to be said that every time he's been interviewed or tweeted or, like, been able to say his own words, because, like, when he's not saying his own words, it's bad. It's really awkwardly worked in catchphrases and just dumb. And it's not, you don't get behind him as a babyface due to what he says. You get behind him as a babyface if you do, because he's one of the best workers on the planet. That's why. But, oh, yeah, that's why. But, <laughs> thanks, man. like... When he when he has freedom to say what he wants to say, he comes off as just an insecure asshole. He's not likable. He seems like a real douchebag. And, like, that's really hard to get over, especially when the guy saying shit that makes everyone mad just keeps doubling down and doubling down and just digging his own grave deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and, you know, he's obviously mad about it. He's not going to stop. Um, man, I don't know. He went from like my actual favorite wrestler on the main roster to my least favorite, basically my least favorite wrestler in wrestling. 
yeah, in a pretty short period of time. But you're not alone, dude. And that I think that's no. why. And I, I again, I, I think there is um, <laughs> there's wrongs and rights all over the place. I'm not going to say ups and downs. There's wrongs and rights all over the place. And, you know, it's a little bit of column A and it's a little bit of column B. But ultimately, it was just some crazy, crazy, uh, crazy thought process with the guy. I, mean, I did a video about this. You know, it's literally called, you know, why WWE made a mistake with Seth Rollins. And it was just assuming that this fan support was going to hang around. But that, my gosh, in 2019, that is not how wrestling works. Wrestling Absolutely fans are looking not. for a reason to get mad. Like, they're desperate for it. Well, and then if you've got a perfect storm of awful booking and the guy actually just acting like a dick, there's no way that people are going to stay behind him, especially as a babyface in WWE, because WWE babyfaces are just... <sighs> They're Let's just say that WWE main roster has a big problem building baby faces that well, you it does, give a shit about. Because yeah. they don't make them cool. And that's why everybody no. was cheering Bray Wyatt. Because Bray Wyatt is really, really, really cool. He just is. Well, and you've got some unbelievably out of touch things, right? Like, you've got Seth Rollins breaking into the Firefly Funhouse, which, like, let's ignore the fact that that sucks real bad and means that it's just a backstage thing. I refuse to even acknowledge that. Uh, they just didn't explain it properly that he was in a negative mindset and he was able to, like, find his way into that, like, fairy tale place that uh, Bray Wyatt lives in. But, like, anyway, even beyond that, he goes in there, he beats the shit out of Bray Wyatt, which let's not ignore the metaphorical parallel that he is breaking into the safe space of a mentally ill man and beating him. <laughs> uh, because there's no way to avoid that, like metaphor uh in in that with the way that the firefly funhouse has been spoken about by bray um and like he beats on him and bray gets up and he says why are you doing this to me like he doesn't understand like it's consistently been portrayed that he believes the fiend is a different person right like it's it's an aspect of him but he views it as a different being and so from Bray's perspective, this person has just broken into his house and started beating him <laughs> for something that someone else did. And we're meant to understand even after he growls his catchphrase and sets fire to this man's place that he's not a bad guy. That wasn't... I was so sure that that was a heel turn and I was actually excited by it when I first watched it. But then the backstage rumor came out no it's not a he's still babyface it's just the right thing to do to break into a mentally ill man's house and burn it down with him inside I, it that's that, just that's what a hero does the problem was and, is they they should have played up the um they should have been you know the 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 the, the dual personality split personality whatever you want to call it they i'm not saying that they should have overdone it but they should have been more nuanced with that i think that's the oh problem. yeah and then they could have told a much better story which they never even gave themselves the chance of doing because they didn't really broach it, right? It was yeah. Just honestly, more... as much as I love Bray Wyatt, I think that's the one thing that they could have done better uh, is play up how he doesn't know what happens with the fiend. He he hears about it afterwards, uh, and and keep the Mister Rogers persona really naive uh, and and perfectly pure. Uh, I honestly wouldn't mind him going out and losing some matches as Mr. Rogers uh, by constantly being uh, taken advantage of by heels and not understanding the idea of deceit. <laughs> like that would actually be kind of interesting and then the fiend comes and just murders them backstage uh the the people who have wronged him uh and yeah, maybe he doesn't even quite all. understand you know what's going on but 
um, you know, that somehow that wasn't a heel turn. And then he goes up to Humberto Carrillo and is like, when you're the champion, sometimes you have to do the wrong thing because the right thing to do is the wrong thing. And that's why you're the champ. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that was just Vince McMahon saying, shut up, I know better. Like, and it was just, you know, it was insulting to watch. And again, it's all put on the back of Seth Rollins, who, oh, God, don't let him talk. Just just have him do good wrestling matches and and don't let him talk or make him a heel. Uh, Like, it's so his babyface character is so dead and buried now. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, that's why they need to do something big later, right? They need to, they need to have hopefully have realized this and say, we've got to shake things up. And I don't mind what they do. Just do something. Like I say, make him interesting again. And we can worry about the good guy, bad stuff later. Just, you know, come up with a way that he is, uh, yeah, you know, just, just intriguing. Uh, Before we do start to wrap up as well, because I know that time is against us. Obviously we have to talk about the, the Saudi Arabia plane incident. Because I know those yeah. people, people will yeah, say, "Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. that real quick, and then I've got one more nice positive thing to say." Dan, well, we, all uh, I wanted to say is that look, we don't 100 percent know what is real and what isn't real. Whether we ever actually will, I don't know, because it's one of those resting storylines that maybe in five years' time actually comes out. Maybe. You know, all, all, all I will say is that if we are going off what is believed to be the uh, the concrete story, I would say that it's a very uh, even with everything else, it's a very disappointing, uh, I can't remember the right word, but a very disappointing end for, for, for that show, which is obviously controversial to begin with. Like, you know, you, I think you always have to, you always have to remember that while wrestlers have different spots on the card, they're still human beings at the end of the yes, day. Absolutely. And, yeah. And that's really, really has to be what, what matters and it does and and, take resting out of it we need to look at this stuff from a a humanistic point of view and to and again i don't know how true it is i'm going with the game what the story is but basically my opinion on it would be people are human beings treat them like human beings (laughs) that's it that's all i've got to say about it. yeah i mean it's it's uh it's obviously a weird situation and like here's here's my take i'll be i'll be brief you wouldn't have had the reactions coming out from talent on social media and such that you had if it was a simple, straightforward, legitimate mechanical issue with the plane and it was just a bit of an inconvenience. Obviously, it was scarier than that. It was more unpleasant than that. Some people said that military police were there. Uh, And if it was just a simple, straightforward, ah, there's a thing broken on the plane, we got to fix it, you absolutely would not have WWE instructing their talent to take photos and video of the people working on the plane and post them you would if if you were telling the truth you wouldn't be like here help us spread our story around the internet please you wouldn't need to and so there's obviously more going on with it and i completely agree with your point this is one of those things that's literally going to take years of being in the rearview mirror before the whole thing comes out if it ever does yeah and on that point as well just to make clear you know we, we it is widely reported that wwe has said that was we don't know we don't know if sure. that's you know and I, again it's one of those things again if true then yes there's no smoke without fire man i mean that's that that's Gen- saying and there's a lot of smoke while. in this whole saudi arabia that's thing. it there's, uh, there's it, a lot of smoke. and we'll know a little more when we see how they treat the next show if there is one 
if that's the silver lining and we can stop all this mess, I don't think I'll be against it. I think it yeah, is. No kidding. It's, and when have we ever got through one without a what the hell? And again, when it's affecting people's livelihoods and there's anyway. So anyway, that's just my because I know people will ask, dude, what's the last positive point you want to smash out there? I just I just have to say now that we've had enough episodes of Dynamite, I fucking love their booking. <laughs> they have they which is, you know, I, I, I was a huge wrestling fan without watching anything with uh consistently excellent booking uh and it's just like the cherry on top of the sunday man like just a couple examples private party being booked to go over the young bucks right away never happened in wwe uh and it's great the crowd likes them they get a huge surprise win they get legitimized the bucks can take a loss that's fine they're still the best tag team ever (laughs) uh and like God, just Darby Allen, right? He was a relative unknown who the crowd connected with, so they let him string wins together, they gave him a title shot, and he had an amazing match against the champion that it took cheating to beat him in. They made a star. In five weeks, well, less than five weeks, because it wasn't even the most recent episode, in a month's time, they made a star in AEW, which an impossible feat by wwe standards right like it's it's amazing i agree with you but i, I do agree with you 100 but i say also we need to see where he goes as well we need oh, to see sure. we need to see what he wastes because I, I again i i know the <laughs> i know what people listen to this say well, he hasn't done anything yet you're right but you do people a lot more people care about him now than they did and it well, was and like, because of that match Based on the way that they've treated stuff as kind of mattering and like the world of AEW episode six is the same world that episode five took place in, uh, there has to be something following from the fact that he had a title shot and he lost it because of cheating, right? I agree. I totally agree Uh, with that. And, uh... And they they build feuds really well too, and they're they're sort of agile in their booking. They respond to organic things, like it. They don't stick to a script come hell or high water. Like the the B Priestley Britt Baker feud seems huge. Like that match seems important, and it's because someone accidentally got kicked in the head on a show, right? Like that. That's why. Like they just saw that there was that enmity. They saw that there was that. Uh, sort of spark of rivalry and hatred there and they just ran with it and they've mm-hmm. kept stoking that fire and it seems important uh, and then of course then you've got Cody who just has this like supernatural ability to make every match that he's in feel like the most important yeah, match right. ever he's, he's the best person like, wrestling he right had now. a nothing match against Sammy Guevara and they came up with a reason that it was extremely important and a huge challenge for him yeah he's like, the best person it, in wrestling Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) There's no doubt. Like, there are better workers in that company than him, but there aren't better storytellers in pro wrestling right now. And and, and I've got enough good workers. I want storytellers again. Oh, yeah. I've got enough good workers to last me till till 2091. So, yeah, I I want people that... I want want the other side. I want balance. I always want balance. And that is why I'm so high on him right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He does it it every time. It seems like a ridiculous notion that something would happen with him that didn't matter a huge amount. Yeah, nice. It's true. And that's a really great place to be in, being like, whatever happens next with Cody, it's going to be important, and it's going to be interesting to watch. Exactly. Like, having that stability of like, yep, whatever it is, it's going to be great. 
<laughs> like that's so good. It, it, it builds confidence as well, and that's then that's the other thing. Like you want it, you want to know that when you tune in, your expect. Look, we talked about this at the start. You want to know your expectations are going to be met, and when it comes to Cody Rhodes, he hasn't let you down yet. So why would you doubt him? There's no need yep. to. He has and to. Then- he has to screw up first. And yeah. maybe he will. And he will do. Of course, he will do. Everybody does. Like, you know, no one's perfect, especially in wrestling. Yeah. It's too crazy. But for now, he has, he's, he's, he's achieved, to me, he's achieved his goal. He's a Well, superstar. and it's all about an economy of goodwill. Because if you build up enough goodwill before you make a mistake, you can survive the mistake. And then after that mistake, you build up enough goodwill that the mistake is forgiven and you're in a good position again. Like, yeah, it's a live show. You're not going to do everything perfect. The point is you need to have the fans be on board with you and willing to take the ride with you. And I feel like they've pretty much done everything that they can do to make people be invested in that, I think. And that's and, wrestling. Uh, that's and what that's you need to do. even without Luchasaurus coming back, Simon. My man. My man. <laughs> where, my man where he gets the joke and nobody else gets the joke. It's fun. It's fun to uh, be on the internet sometimes. <laughs> man, uh, when he comes back, that's going to be great. Because, you know, again, they care about organic fan reactions. So, like, him coming back is going to be like, oh, he's back. Oh, no. When he, he, gets, no. when he gets that hamstring healed up and he's ready to go, it's going to be fucking amazing He's gonna smash if, it. if jungle boy and marco stunt aren't getting absolutely brutalized by someone and then you just hear the big stomps i'm gonna be really disappointed I because know. that writes itself i think and it's right there for him and it's gonna get like the hugest pop ever for at least six months they uh they can't do it forever because it's not how the world works but for at least six months they will service the fans as much as they can and it will yeah. it will be wonderful and everybody will love it and then we'll see where we get after that on that note, we'll wrap things up. We are hours away from Raw. Enjoy it if you can. Look, I enjoy Raw. I'm not going to lie. I never know what the hell they're going to do. And I get a massive kick out of that. It's like sitting down and playing roulette every single Monday night. <laughs> uh, but uh, enjoy it the best you can. Rob, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always good talking thank to you. Thank you for always... having me. No, nah, I love it, dude. You all, you never hold back, man. And I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, no, nah, like... what's the point? You're all going to die one day. Got to gotta, gotta say what nah, you mean. No, dude. It's, it's a podcast, man. It's the way it should be. I appreciate it massively. <laughs> and if you'd like to come on the podcast again, you can check it out patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 there's a bunch of other rewards please do check it out i'd appreciate it check out my youtube channel just search for simon miller load of my own wrestling matches are going up there right now so you can see if i suck or if i don't suck simple as that you can give it ups and downs uh twitter and instagram at simon miller 316 and wrestling merchandise at simon miller.bigcartel.com but yes enjoy the start of another i mean it's a crazy wrestling week there's so much going on i can't quite believe it it never ends and before you know it, it'll be wrestlemania 36 and we'll see where the hell we were. But thank you very much for listening and I will talk to you all again soon.